It's our third annual Forgotten Horror Spooky Spectacular. Is that really what we're calling it? It's what I'm calling it. We should be calling it presented by John Carpenter as we're doing two of his films this year with Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. We're also getting stranded with bloodthirsty vampires for 30 days of night and trying to scare Jessica to death in Let's Scare Jessica to Death. You didn't think that last one through, did you? Nope. Forgotten Horror is back. And as always, we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Keep it spooky, y'all. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to a very spoopy episode of Kraken One Open. Today, we're doing a pumpkin beer. We are. Now, we could have done another six-pack series, and in retrospect, maybe we should have. We still have time. The week after next week's episode wouldn't be? Oh, no, that would be after Halloween. But we can still do fall beers. I mean, we, we were talking about last last year how many of them were more appropriate for Thanksgiving, potentially. True. There are far more pumpkin beers than ever before. Even this year, there are so yep. many new ones that I have not seen before. This year, we're going to tackle one single pumpkin beer mm-hmm. from uh, a brewery that Elise really likes because it's kind of <laughs> got her name in it. Uh, we've been having their beers for a long time. Long time. I do believe they sold out to Big Beer, though. Yes. Which we'll is kind of a, a boo for me. But uh, they always do multiple pumpkin beers. Yes, they do. Uh, they do different multiple different types every year. We've actually had some sitting on our fridge for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to do one of their newer ones this year and uh, talk about it. All right. So what are we doing? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. So this week we are cracking open Night Owl Pumpkin Ale from Elysian Brewing, which is located in Seattle, Washington. Elysian was founded in 1995 by Dave Bueller, Joe Basaka, and Dick Cantwell. Cantwell had previously been a home brewer who gained a good reputation at Duwamp's Cafe, the Pike Place Brewery, and Big Time Brewing. Bueller was, I, I hope it's Bueller. I don't know if it is. It's, it's a different spelling, but I feel like it is Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> uh, was a former spirits wholesaler, and Basaka was also a home brewer and the vice president at a Seattle-based bank. Basaka. <laughs> I just say it. it just sounded fun to say. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Their original location opened in 1996 with a 20-barrel brewing capacity. On their website, Elysian says, We opened our doors in 1996 when bold art and music defined Seattle. Over the past 25 years, we've carried the same spirit in the same way we brew our beer. Shaking up classic styles, using unusual ingredients, and learning from experimentation. 
We push creativity beyond the brews. Each beer label is made by our in-house team who pull inspiration from design, photography, clay, paint, needlepoint, and even the occasional tattoo. Come chase down the rabbit hole with us. So according to Wikipedia, the company operated a brew pub at the local Gameworks Arcade between 1997 and 2002. In 2003, their pub and bistro called Tangletown opened near Green Lake. And the company's largest location, Elysian Fields, opened in 2006 near CenturyLink Field, which is really big on game days. What game is beyond me? Because go sports, go. The Seattle Seahawks? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll go with that. In 2011, Elysian expanded its operations with a 35,000 square foot production only facility in the Georgetown neighborhood. And in 2015, it was announced that Elysian would be sold to Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> because of this, Elysian no longer meets the Brewers Association definition of a craft brewery, since full ownership by Anheuser-Busch exceeds the definition's 25% maximum ownership by a non-craft brewery. So that being said, as Mike mentioned, we have both enjoyed Elysian beers for quite some time now. But I didn't realize that they had been independent for like a full 20 years before being bought. That is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I don't under, they didn't mention a reasoning why they allowed themselves to be bought out. I know why. I'm not sure. It's called money. Money. And then they don't have to work at the brewery anymore. (laughs) It's what's going to happen to all of the biggest craft breweries eventually. It better not happen to Two Roads. Two Roads is going to do it sooner rather than later, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And then I'll stop going to Two Roads because that's dick move. (laughs) We're never going to stop going to Two Roads, don't lie. (laughs) I will definitely switch allegiances from them being like my mains. Mm. Anyway. They'll have broken my heart. Just like Allegiant did. Back to the brewery. Elysian, we didn't even know they were independent for that long before being sold at that at the time that it happened. Um, but apparently the Wise, which is an ESB or extra special bitter, was the brewery's first beer. <laughs> Elysian has also won multiple awards for their beers at the World Beer Cup, as well as the Great American Beer Festival. Elysian also won Large Brew Pub of the Year at the Great American Beer Festival in 1999. 2003 and 2004. I thought this was actually pretty cool. Elysian collaborated with New Belgium for quite some time. Uh, We covered New Belgium last fall with their Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin, Mm -hmm. but that was not a collaboration. But Elysian and New Belgium actually had an ongoing series called the Trip Series, where they brewed 20 different beers together over a period of six years. Wow. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, they were quite possibly at the forefront of the idea of brewery collaborations. According to a 2014 article from a Washington beer blog, journalist Kendall Jones asked Dick Cantwell back in 2008, what is going to be the next big thing in the world of craft beer? And that's when he explained the concept of collaboration. Quote, Two breweries working with each other instead of against each other to produce new beers, show unity, foster creativity, and have fun. 
So a little bit of background. Back in 2008, apparently breweries were more likely to file lawsuits against each other than they were to fill brew kettles together. But here they were, Elysian and New Belgium, making this trip series that really sounds like it ran the gamut in terms of inventive brews. We're talking a dandelion saison, a chamomile blonde, a cocoa cherry brown ale, an oyster stout made with oyster shells from Taylor Shellfish Farms, and so on. Mm. Back in 2008, that would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, so the beers began as available on draft in Seattle, but when Elysian expanded its brewery, it was possible to make enough to send to the rest of Washington, to Oregon, and even to California in bottles and in kegs. That's pretty impressive. Uh, All right, so let's get to the beer. Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, which clocks in at 6.7 ABV with an IBU rating of 18, is described by Elysian like this. Quote, a very drinkable pumpkin ale brewed with pumpkin puree and juice and spiced in conditioning with ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice. Both roasted and raw pumpkin seeds are in the mash with pumpkin added to the mash in mash and the fermenter. In fact, this beer is brewed with seven and a half pounds of pumpkin per barrel. Damn, (laughs) this is a really pumpkin-y beer. I hope so. Quote, pumpkin season is a big time of year for us. No question, said Elysian head brewer Josh Waldman. He said, the process begins by adding pumpkin along with toasted and raw pumpkin seeds to the mash and combining pale Munich crystal and caramel malts with magnum hops for a subtle bitterness. Finally, in conditioning, we blend the perfect combination of spices to create a flavorful, complex and balanced beer. End quote. And while Night Owl is their flagship seasonal beer, they now make quite the array of fall beers, including the Great Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale, Dark of the Moon Pumpkin Stout. Which we have. Yep. And Punkachino Coffin Pumpkin Ale, which we also have. Mm-hmm. And for all these brews, uh, Elysian's brewers work with local farmers in the Pacific Northwest to source the best pumpkins. So as I mentioned, Night Owl is brewed with Magnum Hops, which we've only talked about twice before. Once when we covered Burnside Brown Ale from Foundation, and the other was when we did Bifrost Winter Ale from Elysian. That was part of a six-pack series. Um, So we really only touched on it at that point. So Magnum was released by the German Hop Institute in Hull in 1980. It was bred from the American hop Galena, and the German male Magnum hop, also known as Hallertauer Magnum. It's still a, one of the top bittering hops used in Germany and is very popular worldwide as well. It's now grown in Poland and France and minimally in the United States. It's basically limited to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Magnum hops produce good yields and are resistant to disease, but this hop's extreme popularity is due to its high alpha acid content with relatively low cohumulone, so it creates a much less harsh, quote, squeaky clean and pleasant bitterness with almost none of the grassiness that's present in other high alpha acid varieties. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So it has a subtle spice aroma primarily of black pepper and nutmeg, as well as a hint of citrus. 
but its aroma is actually not too distinct as the primary purpose of Magnum is its strong bittering properties. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And that's what I got. I also like that it's got like 12 malts in it, but only one hop. Yeah. It's not trying to, it's, it's different than the other beers where it's like one malt and 900 hops. Yeah. Magnum hops. And here are our 30. Uh, so I'm very intrigued about this one. I'm excited. The fact that it's actually using fresh pumpkin, mm-hmm. like just a shit ton of fresh pumpkin instead of just. Is always a good sign. Pumpkin spices. Yeah. Is like really interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking that this tastes more like the great pumpkin. Uh, beer we had from the six pack series that was more like the Thanksgiving beer. Uh, that was from Blue Point. I, I think. believe it was from Blue Point. Yeah. Which so was I'm, really good. I'm thinking it might be like that, but let's find out. Let's find out. Time to crack this. Well, open. it's a bottle, so we'll see how I do. <laughs> <laughs> let's try it. Ooh. Oh, I got it on the first try. I failed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the perfect yeah. color. Yep. That is orange AF. Love it. Oh, yeah. Which I am having in my brand new Nightmare Before Christmas themed glow in the dark glass, which I'm so excited about. I'm drinking it in a Thimble Island snifter glass. I have a snifter glass from Two Roads Rosemary's Baby Pumpkin Fest. But it's buried deep in it's our cabinet. Buried deep in the cabinet. And it just feels wrong to not put Rosemary's Baby in it. It's true. That, yeah, that, I think that not, would be It's got to be at least sacrilege. the first pumpkin beer of the season. It can't be somebody else. I can't cheat on it. So there's almost no head on this, which I think is pretty par for the course for pumpkin beers. For pumpkin ales, yeah. I don't know of any that really have big heads. Oh, it smells so spicy. It actually smells quite a bit like Rosemary's Baby. It does. I I can't I can't wait. Let's do this. Cheers. Oh, so spicy. I almost feel Ooh. like it kind of takes over the pumpkin a little bit. The spices do kind of take over the pumpkin. But but like right when you're taking the sip and then it kind of mellows out and you get the sweetness of the pumpkin afterward. The pumpkin, yeah, definitely comes in afterward and the sweetness is there. It's not as as sharp either or as jarring. As like Rosemary's Baby is. Yeah. Uh, where Rosemary's Baby is like really like, oh, I want to taste it. And it punches you in the face with yeah. it. This is more of a relaxed version of that same kind of pumpkin beer mm-hmm. where it's very spicy, very pumpkiny, just like this dark ale with some bitterness. Mm-hmm. But it's not taking over your mouth with this. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of thing. What I really, what I like. I don't love that. I love that. Ooh, you drink a Rosemary's baby. I'm getting a little bit more of the ginger toward the end. Like I can feel just a, not heat from the ginger, but like I can feel the, the tingly almost. Yeah. I would agree. I like that a lot because you, ginger is one of the common ingredients in pumpkin spice, but it's usually not as dominant. This is very. Yeah, ginger, pumpkin with a little bit of allspice. Yeah, and cinnamon. The the cinnamon is there, but it's not very present. No. I would say that that was the one thing I I didn't want to list because I think that cinnamon is actually usually far more upfront. It is. In pumpkin beers. Mm Mm-hmm. Although, Which is why cinnamon rims go great. And cinnamon rim would go perfect would be with this. amazing with Because us. it doesn't have that, that overly cinnamon taste. So you're yep. not adding too much cinnamon to it. Where some of the beers, even like I love like a shipyard using cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Shipyard has a lot of cinnamon uh, flavor and up front. And pumpkin. 
Pumpkin has a lot of cinnamon up front. Well, pumpkin makes sense because it's a pumpkin pie in a beer. Yeah. And so pumpkin's main flavors are that granola cinnamon crust. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you get that cinnamon, you're just adding that to it. Um, but this beer, because it doesn't have a lot, it'd be like you're adding I think it that would it. be like an, a nice accentuating kind of flavor. Do you think that that would turn, the cinnamon would turn this beer from a pumpkin beer into a pumpkin pie beer? Probably. Also, depending on what you used to rim it, whether, because some people- What if you did crushed granola and cinnamon at once? Oh my God, you just blew my mind. Right? (laughs) I don't know. How well would, you'd have to really crush those graham crackers down. Oh, that's not hard. And I'm pretty sure we've done it before for something. Yeah. I'm almost positive we've done a graham cracker rim on some kind of drink I've made. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was at the bar. It the must theater. have been because I, I made a Christmas drink where I have a special place in my heart for honey made graham crackers and we haven't bought them here like in years <laughs> at the apartment. Uh, you have not bought them here in years. I don't buy snacks. If you buy me graham crackers, those graham crackers going to be gone. I don't do snacks because I have a snack problem. Graham crackers and peanut butter are the shit. I know you're you're giving me the death stare right now, but honestly, that was like one of my favorite snacks growing up. You don't need to add anything to graham crackers. They're perfect as it is. Oh, yeah. You leave that peanut butter for the Ritz. OK, so Ritz here, and peanut butter. That's here's good. here's something controversial. Like Regular graham crackers or cinnamon sugar graham crackers. <sighs> it's regular graham crackers, although. Yeah. I love the crap out of a cinnamon sugar graham mm-hmm. cracker. That's I'm not. That's like a treat. Yeah, I'm not knocking the cinnamon, but that's like too much. <laughs> like you were okay with the honey graham crackers. You didn't need to add the cinnamon sugar to it, but, but I appreciate you that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat this, and I love it. But you did extra. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. You just you, eat the you cinnamon just crush sugar up the graham cinnamon. crackers, yep. and then you put There's it on your the rim. rim. We got back. We went back to it. We cycled back. Our tangent <laughs> went back to the actual thing. No, but I think that would make this more like a pumpkin pie beer, which is great. I think yeah. this is not as good as Rosemary's Baby, but I think this is more drinkable than Rosemary's Baby. This yeah. is a pumpkin beer it's you can have with food. Yeah. I also think that this is, is the closest to Rosemary's Baby that I've had of any beer th- in terms yes. of this is like Absolutely. pretty similar recipe. So regular Rosemary's Baby, not rosemary's baby's like stepchild or other child the regular one is still aged in rum barrels correct the regular one i believe is aged in whiskey barrels okay and then or bourbon barrels and then there's the rum barrels is um other baby okay and then the stepchild stepchild is just aged further in those bourbon barrels okay i believe cool yeah yeah but other baby is completely different this year so if you're listening to this on the day that the episode comes out, which is Friday, October 22nd, uh, tomorrow, October 23rd, we will be attending the Pumpkin Fest at Two Roads where they uh, celebrate Halloween, all things Halloween. Rosemary's Baby is flowing like a river, as mm-hmm. well as we will be able to try the new Rosemary's Stepchild, which is a brand new version this year. No, and, uh, Stepchild is the same. Other baby is what's the new version. Oh, okay. Sorry. So check out our stories on Instagram. We'll be posting about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Other baby is apparently aged in rum barrels and is a sour version of Yeah, Rose which baby. is really intriguing. A sour pumpkin ale. Yeah. We've had Let's other go. baby one other year a couple of years ago, but it was just aged in rum barrels. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing different, I believe. Yeah. It wasn't listed as a sour. 
but yeah, Pumpkin Fest is great. It's one of the last like fall kind of events before you get more wintry events yep. for two roads. Um, and they usually play a spooky movie. They play the winners of their horror film competition that yep. happens the day before. So we'll be watching Friday the 13th. Go. Yep. Friday the 13th is playing. They'll have food trucks, snack truck. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a good, good time. time as long as you bundle up because it's usually a little cold. Yep. But it is the season. Exactly. And then you get to go to PizzaCo afterward, which is an amazing pizza place Hell right across yeah. the street. Uh, but back to Elysian. I Do you really, think this is a beer that we could, that could flow into the Thanksgiving times? Ooh. See, yeah, because right before we cracked it, I said it was going to be close to the uh, Blue Point Thanksgiving. That pumpkin. was your theory, yeah. And it really isn't anything like that one. Would Rosemary's bleed into Thanksgiving? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I do think this gives off a spooky vibe. I mean, the the bottle does. Mm -hmm. The look of the beer is darker. It's a little more pumpkin than it is pumpkin pie. Yeah. Like Rosemary's Baby. But it's still got that pumpkin flavor. I mean, I could smell this while somebody's making turkey or stuffing mm -hmm. or gravy. You know, all those familiar like, hey, we're making Thanksgiving yeah. smells. I need to still be like... Okay, yeah, this is Thanksgiving because mm -hmm. nothing's better. The best thing about Thanksgiving is not the food. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fat ass and I eat till I literally get ill. It's true. Uh, he, <laughs> Thanksgiving equals food coma for him. Uh, but because <laughs> you get two Thanksgiving dinners usually. I do. <laughs> and then I die. Yep. <laughs> um, but the best part isn't the food part. The best part is the anticipation of the food part. The best part is. You know, if you're, you know, when you were a kid waking up and smelling that turkey cooking or mm -hmm. as an adult, just coming to a different home and smelling that turkey cooking or cooking the turkey yourself and just starting to smell all these smells come together. Yeah. And this beer would. And the stuffing the and all the vegetables. The mm. You can't smell the vegetables cooking over the stuffing, the gravy and the turkey. You can't. To each their own. You can smell the sweet potatoes. Yeah, you, you can. <laughs> but those are the smells of Thanksgiving. And, and this, I think, would blend well into that. Mm -hmm. I think really any pumpkin beer would, but there are definitely pumpkin beers like Blue Point really works a little better. Mm -hmm. But this being a little lighter, though, works a little better toward Thanksgiving because unlike Rosemary's Baby, it's not a food beer. Yeah. And I think I said that on the Rosemary's Baby episode or the six pack series episode. N neither is pumpkin. And those are my two favorite, you know, pumpkin beers that I mm -hmm. always have a hard time choosing between. And my third favorite is Shipyard. And Shipyard yep. is absolutely a food pumpkin beer. That's why I like Shipyard. Oh, Shipyard sure. is your easy drinking pumpkin beer. Voodoo 100%. Ranger is kind of the same thing. And Voodoo Ranger has gone up there. With that pumpkin Voodoo beer. Ranger Atomic Pumpkin. Yeah, that, that beer went up to. Like, I'm surprised that you didn't have an like ask me to get that yet. Place. Yeah. What's up? I'm surprised that you haven't asked me to get that for you yet. I thought I already did ask you. No. Uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> is this your official? Okay. <laughs> um, but that's very similar to Shipyard, but a little bit more like turned up to 11 in terms of the heat. Yes. Those are good food beers. This, I think, works as both. This Elysian yeah. um, Night Owl, I think it works as both a food beer and on its own. I think it's got enough flavor to stand on its own, but it's also light enough and easy drinking enough. It doesn't burn your mouth. It doesn't sting. It's not like overly alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, it's not. And that means it also kind of has lesser flavor, I think, a little by a little bit. A little bit. It's not aged. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it, the fact that this isn't aged mm -hmm. is what separates it from Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, that could be it. But I think because of that, I can eat while I'm drinking this. You know, if I'm eating and then all of a sudden, hey, food's ready, I can bring this over to my Thanksgiving table and eat yeah. with it. 
Yeah. Or, you know, Halloween party wise, I can drink this, but Halloween party, you're mostly just drinking anyway. Drinking whatever. Yeah. yeah. Eating whatever. <laughs> what do I usually eat at the Halloween party? Anything that's available, really. Uh, Taki, taki chips. <laughs> taki chips, jalapeno poppers, wings. wings. Yeah. I mean, pumpkin actually really goes well with wings. Any of the pumpkin beers go well with wings. I will say that. Because it's like the heat. So at least you get something. The roads, the pumpkin beer is always going to kill the taste of anything you yeah. eat. But at least you have heat there attached to it. I think that's why I like eating all that spicy stuff. Like my brother does a big Halloween party, except for this year. You bitch. <laughs> and... Uh, so it's a lot of spicy things at the party because him he like me likes a lot of spicy stuff. Yep. So everybody brings his the bring your own food, bring spicy stuff. And I think pumpkin beer works well with that. So I would say if you're gonna eat spicy stuff, you can eat it with any pumpkin beer, including this. All but right. this beer is light enough you can eat pretty much anything. I would say so. So the bottle yeah. is got the usual Elysian font, which is a nice font that kind of goes up into a point. Or the S in the middle is the smallest letter and down again where the N at the end is as big as the E at the I, beginning. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those, um, the way that it's formatted is one of the like default word art <laughs> <laughs> shapes. Yeah, for sure. The bottle is a dark glass bottle and then you've got the the label is pretty dark. So they're definitely giving off this black kind of Halloween type nighttime feel. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there's a big owl on the front. He is drawn, but he is very photorealistic. And he's got these yellow eyes gazing at you with a kind of an angry scowl. In the back are the shadows, the silhouettes of trees as a large orange fall harvest moon uh, rises in the background with shades of orange and yellow. And those same orange and yellow shades are in the night owl logo on the bottom, which is kind of like drawn on, like painted on like shot, shot, wah, wah. Like just paint strokes, like quick. Creepy Halloween paint strokes. Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. The pumpkin ale is just printed normally on the bottom, but is missing some parts of its color to make it creepier, I guess. All the other fonts are in orange, just regular typed fonts. The Government Warning, the Cash Refund, which this is available in a lot of places. It is. Very few bottles have that many cash refunds, but that's because it's big beer. Uh, bottled and brewed by Elysian Brewing Company, Incorporated, Seattle, Washington, or... Tempe, Arizona. And we know one other band. Oh, one other thing from Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> and that is the Gin, the gin Blossoms. Blossoms. They is, never fail to mention that like fewer than five times in concert. How <laughs> many times Blossoms. have we seen them? We've seen them twice or three Two times. Two or three times? Yeah. But And they're excellent every time. I've been told they, about 20 times during those concerts. Though, they're, they're from the Tempe, Gin Blossoms Arizona. from Tempe, Arizona. Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, our original pumpkin ale brewed with pumpkin, roasted and raw pumpkin seeds, and spiced in conditioning with nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, ginger, and allspice. Ale brewed with pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, and spices. 6.7% alcohol by volume, unfiltered, and may contain sediment. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, it, this is crystal clear. Yeah. Like I, I've never had a pumpkin beer with sediment. No. Even when we did the six-pack series. Interesting. Now that I'm reading that all this th stuff... Mm-hmm. I don't really get much clove, which is surprising. No, clove is a very, very strong flavor. So maybe they toned it down purposely. There's maybe two pieces of clove. Yeah. In each uh, like <laughs> giant barrel. Because <laughs> that's all it takes really for clove. It's so strong. It really is. I do get a hint of the nutmeg, but yeah, you're right that the ginger in this is really the big other thing other than pumpkin. Yeah, ginger and allspice. I think you're right about that. The one thing I don't get is the pumpkin seeds. 
No, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, not that they have a an extremely distinct flavor, but I do love pumpkin seeds. Well, pumpkin seeds are really good, but raw pumpkin seeds taste a lot like the pumpkin. Yeah. So maybe that's why, but like roasted pumpkin seeds is an interesting additive. Is its own other flavor in and of itself. So yeah, yeah. I would be really interested to have a beer that adds roasted pumpkin seeds to something because I think that completely flips the flavor of what a pumpkin uh, seed normally tastes like. Mm-hmm. And it almost gives it a almost like a fall popcorn kind of taste. Ooh. Like it really is a different taste when you have a roasted pumpkin seed. Yeah. So I would be interested in a beer that had roasted pumpkin seeds as a as an additive. Mm-hmm. We had roasted pumpkin seeds in one of the foods at Universal for Halloween Hornets. It's true. And that was delicious. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm as much as I hate big beer. Once again, Elysian knocks it out of the park with this. Yep. We've never had a bad Elysian beer. Honestly, Space Dust is one of my favorite IPAs. Dayglow is amazing. Dayglow is pretty good. Yep. Space Dust is better than Dayglow, but yes. Yeah. And then what's Super Fuzz is really good. You had that Super Fuzz is at really good. the Mets game that you went to. I did. I was going to say I, when I went to the Mets game um, with a bunch of my coworkers, they just had, we went to one section. It just had the normal like Bud, Coors. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. I thought this place was supposed to, because it was the new stadium. I was like, I thought we were supposed to like, there's so much new stuff. So we went up to this other big kiosk where they had so much craft beer and Elysian was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through it and yeah. That that fuzz was one of the new ones, yes. and I was like, "Ooh, we haven't had that." Super fuzz is super orangey, though. Oh yeah, it's it's different. It's yeah. really good. This is before I knew that Elysian sold out. This actually might have been the same year that Elysian sold out. It's possible, but it was um, it's really good. Elysian is always really good. So I will say, as as long as they keep their craft beer leanings, yeah, it's okay. But once you go big beer, it's it's tough. I mean, just just judging by the variety of stuff that they put out around Halloween or fall time. I've, yeah, I've never seen a brewery put out as many Halloween yeah, beers. Yeah, so this I, one I feel like they they really are still trying to keep the heart of craft brewing in the company. I feel like Anheuser Busch has no choice but to do that. They've got a craft brewery. Why not? And you've got the money now, you've got the space, you've got two facilities brewing beer for you. Yeah, it would be foolish to You have put to, that to like, do, try to dominate that market because everyone else is mm-hmm. already doing it. And you've got no other choice. You can't put out a Budweiser like or a, a, a Bush Light, you know, you no, can't put like, a pumpkin Bush exactly. Light. No one's going to no, drink it. No one's going to drink that. Your redneck, Not one person. <laughs> your redneck uh, hunter guys aren't going to drink that out in the high hide while they're waiting to shoot a innocent <laughs> deer with their $9,000 high-powered rifle feel like men. Mm. Uh, that's not going to happen. But people that like interesting beer, people that like to taste interesting stuff that don't want to taste something that tastes like a tin can and a penny had sex and had some kind of disgusting <laughs> baby... Uh, they're going to take the fuck you, big beer. <laughs> they're going to want something different. And I think that's why Anheuser-Busch buys these craft beers because they can say, and I'm sure even the guys who own it don't drink the guys who own Bush don't, don't drink Bush. Probably you know, not. If they drink beer, they drink craft beer. So they're going to buy these and say, do some cool stuff. Yeah. And then they're going to buy it. But then, then shovel this boring, your father's beer that uh, oh, that's not a beer. This is a beer. Like, no, that's not a beer. We've talked about it before. Like you, you had 40 years where beer was uninteresting. Beer yeah. was interesting before and it's interesting again. Now you ruined beer. 
And your generation has no say in beer anymore. Like that's good beer. And I think that hopefully if big beer does start just taking over craft breweries, if that is where everything's headed, which would be unfortunate. Yeah. That it would mean a still a continuation of this experimentation and this collaboration in terms of trying to make these amazing, amazing uh, beers and Elysian making four different amazing pumpkin beers. Yeah. Just a step for the in the right season. direction. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Wait, are you done? I am done. I was ahead of you for so long. <laughs> Damn. This is really good. <laughs> I want a Rosemary's Baby now. Or another one of these. <laughs> or a shipyard. <gasps> or a food ranger. We should have done a six pack series. <laughs> I will say also, shout out to Trogues. I saw you have a pumpkin beer. I see you, Trogues. I see you. <laughs> And we will be getting it. And I want to try it. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's all we got. Ooh, spooky. Spooky, scary skeletons. (laughs) So uh, we'll try to do something maybe spooky-ish for the next episode, but it's not a spooky beer. Yeah. But maybe I'll have a a story. I'm sure we'll have plenty of autumnal beers to go for the next few weeks. So Mm. I'm, I'm not worried. (laughs) <laughs> so thank my, you guys for well, my next beer is very old so i might have a spooky story or two that yeah that, that's true to. that's true next week should be interesting um i'm i'm turning over the reins of beer fesser for for next week <laughs> <laughs> which means you get a more of a history lesson again because that's more where i leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode and if you enjoyed it please rate it review it share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes you can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got to plug? Buy my books on Audible, please. Uh, my name is Michael Butler. I've got tons of horror books. If you're in the spooky season, this is the perfect time for you. I've got Coffee at Midnight and Progressive Entrapment. They're both collections of short stories that are mostly horror stories. Coffee at Midnight more is uh, your normal horror fare. Progressive Entrapment is, as it says, progressively entrapping you into grosser and grosser and grosser horror stories. So if you're really into some gross kind of horror or you want to be grossed out, that's where you go. Coffee at Midnight's more standard horror fare. I've also got Sour, which I do a bunch of Southern accents for, like Appalachian accents. And it's like Evil Dead meets uh, this fairy tale kind of thing. It's really cool. It's a really awesome horror story that's very uh, colorful and I think very kind of in your face and quick paced. That's Sour. Get that. I've also got The Final Girl, which is like an 80s slasher movie come to life, which is really, really cool. And uh, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, which is a murder mystery based on a horror fan that starts a podcast to figure out where his favorite horror actress has uh, turned up because no one's seen or heard from her since her initial movie debut. It's as if Jamie Lee Curtis uh, disappeared off the face of the earth after making Halloween. That's a fantastic book. That's just a really well-written character piece as well as a a good Halloween story. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and uh, purchase those books on Audible. I don't make money off of them unless you buy them. So please go ahead and get those. 
I've also got two other podcasts. I've got uh, Two Player Bros, a podcast that uh, unfortunately has seemed to be, it's, it's on hiatus right now, but you can listen to the episodes I've done with my buddy Dave or my brother Alex and where we talk about video games, uh, all things video game, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, VR, we have it all, we talked about it all. Uh, we do post-game shows, talk, uh, do deep dives on some of your favorite video game releases. And I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast where uh, we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because another movie was forgotten by audiences or another movie was released at the same time that seemed to eclipse it. Uh, join me and my buddy Mike Field as we talk about those movies, what went into making them, as well as our thoughts on those movies and bringing them back into the limelight. Uh, both of those podcasts are on ForgottenEntertainment.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So check them out. Boo. <laughs> and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. And maybe see some of you at the Pumpkin Fest. Woo. <laughs>